black plastic and I thought, this is going to be interesting. But then we walked in this morning and somebody said, oh, they've got that lovely lift for you, Nick. When you preach, just stand on there and you can really look down on us. I think I'd be too afraid of falling off. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that we are here this morning, that we have been able to bring our praise and our prayers before you. Lord, as we now turn and we, and we continue to work our way through, through what you have to say to us in Acts, Lord, give us open hearts and open ears and open minds. Lord, may we be encouraged with a great encouragement today. Amen. A few years ago now, it must be 10 or 11 years ago, one of my really good mates joined a group called Toastmasters. Does anybody know what Toastmasters is? Any Toastmasters in the congregation? Toastmasters is basically a group of people who get together and the sole purpose is to improve their public speaking. So they meet, I think, weekly or bi-weekly or something and, and, and everybody gets a turn to give speeches. And it's a wonderful idea. It's a brilliant idea. And, and I had my own little brilliant idea, which thankfully I never went through with. I thought, wow, they, they get people up to do speeches. How about I join? And when they least expect it, I slam them with the gospel. I suspect it wouldn't have been the best thing to do. I never did do it. But here in, in Acts chapter 13, the second half, we find Paul and Barnabas in a somewhat similar situation. The difference here is that they go, they're in the synagogue, the local church, when they're asked to, to stand up and speak. And we're going to see what they say. If you've got your Bibles, keep them open at that chapter, please. Uh, it's a long session, which is why we didn't read it all. As I said, we've been moving our way the last few weeks through the book of Acts. We saw uh, a few weeks ago uh, with Peter how the good news of Jesus is available to all who believe. We saw the week after that how, how God answers prayer in, in marvelous, miraculous ways. And last week we saw how God can use us as individuals and as the church to grow his kingdom. And we left Paul and his mate Barnabas, uh, together with John Mark, their helper, on the island of Cyprus last week. Cyprus, the island where Barnabas grew up. And this week, chapter 13, verse 13, uh, they leave Cyprus and they head to Pamphylia. Cyprus is where Barnabas grew up. Uh, Pamphylia is, is roughly the area where Paul grew up. And Dr. Luke, as he writes this down for us, tells us that they arrived in the town of Perga, where much to Paul's uh, unhappiness, John Mark leaves and goes home. Is this really loud? I, I, I sound like I'm booming. Thank you. So they get to Perga, and when they get there, John Mark leaves. And it's, uh, Paul almost just, just glosses over it here, but, but, but over in chapter 15, we find out that it's a really big deal for Paul. Paul reckons, Paul reckons that, that John has abandoned them and deserted them and gone home to his mum's house in Jerusalem. But you know, the interesting thing is that though they've arrived in Perga, 
Luke doesn't mention Paul and Barnabas doing any missionary work there. And I suspect the reason they don't do any missionary work there is that Paul was as sick as a dog. Apparently that part of the world around Perga is known uh, as, as having a particularly bad strain of malaria there. Um, I don't know if anybody here has had malaria. My father got it as a young man before the drugs were perfected. And for years, after, up to about ten years ago, he would get relapses and he'd be down for the day. Uh, it just saps all of your energy and, and there's incredible pain. And, and the malaria that they had around this part of the world, uh, it's described as, as somebody poking a red hot poker through your head. It is just incredibly, incredibly painful. And, and it's true that here in Acts chapter 13, Luke doesn't tell us that Paul was, was sick with malaria. But we do know that the reason why Paul went up to a city in Antioch the reason he went up onto the Galatian plains, the reason he went to Galatia, is because he was sick. He writes to the Galatians in his letter, chapter 4, verse 13, and he says, As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. City in Antioch is, is Galatia. That's the district. And you know, I stop and I think, what an amazing God we serve. Who can use even the most incredibly unpleasant illness to start an amazing work. So we see at the end of chapter 13, almost the whole town turning out to hear the good news of Jesus. Brilliant stuff. So anyway, they, they get to Perga and, and I reckon that Paul is sick. And in order to get better, they, they make their way up over the mountains to Sidian Antioch. You can almost picture them making their way there. Barnabas looking after his friend Paul. Come the Sabbath, Paul is feeling well enough to go to church. And you'll notice in verse 14 that, that Barnabas and Saul walk into the synagogue and they just sit down. They're there to listen. They're, they're there to, to fellowship, to hear God's Word. And they sit through the service. They, they sit through the prayers. They hear the law read out. They hear the prophets read out. And then some of the synagogue rulers come along and, and whisper in their ear, Brothers, if, if you've got a message of encouragement, feel free to speak it out. And you know, sick or not, that, that, that's like a red flag to Paul. If you've got a message of encouragement, they say. If you've got a message of encouragement. I mean, that's the whole reason why they're on this missionary journey. Because they've got the most amazing, most brilliant, most life-changing, most wow message of encouragement ever. I mean, if there's only one message of encouragement you hear this year, make it this one. This is brilliant stuff. And so Paul gets up, and he hushes the crowd, and he pauses, and he begins what I would say is one of the most brilliant sermons ever given. I mean, so powerfully does the Word of God move that, that the whole town turns out next week to hear the, the, the to be continued. 
There's basically four parts to what Paul says. First off, he speaks about, about how God acted in the Old Testament times. And then he says, this is the good news of Jesus. And then he ties the two things together. And he shows how Jesus is God's answer to everything in the Old Testament. And he finishes with a good old gospel call and he says, follow Jesus, continue in His grace. We've got to remember that, that Paul here is speaking to a, a mostly Jewish audience. People who made a habit week by week by week to meet together to study the Scriptures, to study the Old Testament. People who, who prided themselves on being the children of Abraham, the descendants of Israel, the chosen ones of God. And Paul, as he begins his sermon in verse 17, looks at them and he says, Yes, yes, God chose our fathers. Yes, we have this incredible history as Jews with God and our people. Yes, God has done amazing things for us. Verse 17, He chose our fathers. He, he made the people prosper. He, he led them out of Egypt with a powerful hand. Verse 18, God endured with the Israelites all the years that they were wandering in the desert despite their rebelliousness. That sounds better. Verse 19, God, God Himself, when they got to Canaan, threw out the seven nations that were there. And He gave that land to the Israelites. Verse 20, God provided judges for His people. Verse 21, when the people asked for a king, God gave them a king. Verse 22, when that king turned bad, God gave them a good king. I mean, can you, can you begin to pick up on what Paul is basically saying to these people? God did this. God did that. God did the next thing. God did. God did. God has done. God has done. Paul's basically, he's standing there and he's looking back over the history of God's dealing with people. And he's seeing time and time again how God is in charge. I mean, isn't this the good news of the Bible? That God acts to save His people. That God looks after His people. That God provides for His people. That God has a plan and a purpose that is being fulfilled and we can see that throughout history. And as Paul looks back and he sees this plan unfolding, he, he points out that all of this, all of this has been leading to the coming of one thing, one person. Verse 23, Jesus Christ. Listen to what Paul says. The Saviour Jesus, as God promised. God has a plan. We can see it in history. I mean, what a brilliant word of encouragement just that is. Maybe it's something that we today need to be reminded of. It is easy to get caught up in the moment, isn't it? 
It's, it's, it's easy to, to worry about the future. If, if God doesn't have a plan, if God didn't have a history of dealing with humanity, we should be worried. But the good news is that God does have a plan. I mean, that's hallelujah news. That God has a purpose. That we can look back, not just through the Old Testament, but through our own lives, and see God working out His good purposes. And you know, as we look back, how can our eyes not be drawn to the cross? How can we look back at what God has done in history and not see the center point of history where is Jesus come to save us? You see, what Paul is saying in this sermon of his is that the gospel in the Old Testament is nothing short of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus come as God promised. Verse 26, listen to what Paul says. Brothers, children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has come. The message that Jesus is here as promised. The message, as Paul goes on to say, that Jesus was wrongly executed and tried, that he was buried, and that though he died, God raised him from the dead, never to die again. The message that, that witnesses saw him, I mean, this is the gospel. This is the good news, the message of encouragement that Paul has. God has a plan for salvation and His name is Jesus Christ. And he summarizes the good news in verse 32. We tell you the good news. What God promised our fathers, He has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. And says, Paul, it's not just eyewitnesses that are, that are witnessing to this. He can take a couple of quotations. He, he quotes Psalm 2, Psalm 16, Isaiah 55. And he says, look, even the Old Testament, it, it's all pointing towards Jesus. It's all pointing to this great message of salvation, this, this note of encouragement which I'm bringing to you today. God acting to save And that's a good note of encouragement, isn't it? But Paul, Paul's not content to just let a trickle of encouragement flow out. He opens wide the floodgates of encouragement. Verses 38 and 39, let me read these to you. My brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you through Him everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law. I mean, that, that, that is just, that is just brilliant stuff. Paul has been looking at the big picture. He's, he's been seeing God moving through history. He's been seeing where Jesus fits into the plan and he comes to the end of his sermon and he narrows in and he comes right to you and he comes right to me and he says, what does this mean for you? It means forgiveness for those who believe. It means being set right with God through Jesus. 
You know, I can only speak for myself and say that I have an inbuilt tendency to drift towards legalism and law. To, to drift into this way of thinking that, that I have to be good enough for God. That I have to do well enough to please God. And I'm not saying that I always keep the law. I'm, by no means am I perfect. I, I think Paul puts it well. I think it's in Romans. It says the law only makes me more aware that I'm a lawbreaker. That I fail. That we don't deserve God's goodness. I'm sure I'm not the only one who, who is like this. And I'm sure people in Paul's crowd in Antioch knew exactly what I'm talking about. Most of them were Jews. They'd spent their whole lives dedicated to trying to follow God's law. And I'm sure if they were honest with themselves, if we are honest with ourselves, We're not perfect, are we? We fail to keep God's perfect law perfectly. But this, this is the message of encouragement that Paul brings to the the people in Galatia, that Paul brings to us today, that through Jesus our sins can be forgiven. Through Jesus those who believe are set right with God completely, absolutely, once for all. You know, I've been a Christian for for just about my whole life and I can still barely take in this message of encouragement. It is just so amazing that we have been set free by faith. Not by works, not by doing the right things, but just by believing in Jesus. And Paul almost finishes his message there with that incredible high note of encouragement. But he doesn't. Because it's, it's one thing to be encouraged. It's, it's another thing to actually take what that encouragement says and do something with it. Says Paul, verse 40, respond. Paul warns the people in Antioch, he warns us not to reject God's offer. Not to refuse God's good news as so many have done, as so many continue to do. You know, some of you are probably sitting there saying, yeah, 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 I've heard this all before. Jesus died, Jesus rose, good news, forgiven, free, blah, blah, blah. I hope you've heard it before. And you'll hear it again and again and again and again and again and again. I mean, isn't this a message of encouragement? Isn't this a sermon that we need to hear all the time? Isn't this a message of encouragement that has to take center point in our lives? We need to know and remember and remind ourselves that in Jesus we are free. Because if we forget that, we will slip back into trying to earn our way into heaven. And that's a sure road to discouragement. 
and despair. But God is gracious and God is merciful and God is great. And He invites us time and time and time and time again to continue in the grace which we have heard. You notice what Paul says to to the people as they follow him out of church that morning. They want to know more and Paul encourages them in verse 40-something. Paul says, continue in the grace. Continue in this amazing grace, this this message of encouragement which I have told you today. Because it's only by that grace that we are free. You know, if we knew that grace, if if we are encouraged by this good news, if we're excited by what God has done, we should go home and sit quietly and watch some TV. Not tell anyone. You know, isn't it amazing what happens here in the city of City in Antioch, the, the place where the Galatian church is founded? Because they hear the message on one Sabbath. A few of them are there. And they're so excited that they go out and they trip over the carpet and, and they spread the word through the whole region. And the next Sabbath, Luke in, in, in great joy says, just about the whole town turned out to hear the good news, to hear the word of God. That there was a hunger to hear this great message of grace and forgiveness and encouragement and new life and salvation. A few years ago I was in a home group with a, with a guy who, who went into hospital and he was just the most on fire person I knew. And we went as our home group and we joined him uh, for home group in the hospital one night where we found out that he'd actually been going around and sharing the gospel with everyone that would speak to him. Brilliant stuff. How can we hold it back? Can you imagine that sort of excitement in our church? Where we take that encouragement that God has saved us and it becomes such a joy to us that we can't help but share it out. Wouldn't it be great if, if next week the whole of Golden Bay was clamoring to get in the doors here? We saw a couple of weeks ago if we pray, God might actually do that. In fact, let, let, let us pray that God gives us that sort of enthusiasm. That, that sort of fire within us that, that we can't hold it in. And yes, not everybody is going to be thrilled. Paul and Barnabas end up getting kicked out of the town, probably slightly violently. But at the end of the day, verse 47, as Reg pointed out, we are a light to the Gentiles. We carry the message of salvation, encouragement indeed, Great encouragement. Verse 49, And the word of the Lord spread throughout the region. I never did join Toastmasters, but I know that if I was a member, I pray and I hope that I would bring the gospel into everything that I said. 
because it's not something that I can hold back. May it not be something that we can hold back. Let's pray. And the word of God spread throughout the region. Lord, fill us with your, with your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness afresh. Lord, may we, may we know the joy and the excitement and the, and the incredible hope that comes from knowing that we have life in you. Lord, may we have this note of encouragement sounding through our lives. Fill us anew with the joy of our salvation, we pray. And Lord, may the world see and want to know more. Amen.